Hey guys, what's up? Another episode, two episodes this week. We did a Fantasy Fusion episode and a stream episode this week. This week we talked with uh, former Bassmaster Opens Angler and Champions Tour Angler Tad Johnson. Uh, and we talk about all things summer fishing. We talk about the Classic Bass Champions Tour. We preview the the, TO, the Bass Nation TOC on the Whitefish chain. Uh, a lot of northern Minnesota and Minnesota bass fishing talk. Uh, it was always a cool time catching up with uh, my buddy Tad. Uh, and don't forget... If you're looking for tackle, check out OmniFishing.com, 15% off with code RICHLINGREN15. If you can't remember that, check the description in the podcast or the YouTube video links to get you there. Uh, enjoy the episode, and as always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. We are live with Tad Johnson. Give everybody a few minutes to get in here. Tad is up at uh, beautiful Lake Vermilion this evening, and it's actually probably lighter up there than it is here down in the cities because you're way up north. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's the lake. Nice. Yeah, Little last time I was here, we were fishing together on a team. Nice, yeah. The, uh, the last ever... Bass Nation Northern Divisional, uh, and now I guess this is the rebirth this year. Uh, so I'm going back, but you're not. <laughs> I know. I'm bumming. I'm bumming. Did you fish uh, island? No, no, I oh, couldn't no. make it up there. I, it up there. I ended up. I decided I to have back surgery back instead. Makes <laughs> yeah, it's a decent excuse. It's better than most people's excuse of uh, I don't want to go there because that place sucks. Right. Uh, I would have liked to go back. I I liked. I actually fished with your old man up there um, last time. I drew him sure. day two. The winning day. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to see his, like, secret spot. Yeah. <laughs> we sat there all day. Uh, yeah, so when we were up there, that was the... Third year in a row that Minnesota won the Northern Bass Nation, uh, Northern Regional. So we won the boat three years in a row. With, uh, my old man was on the team that went out to uh, South Dakota, to uh, wherever on the Missouri River out there that won it. And then uh, I went on the team that went to Indiana, and then we were both on the team that went to Vermilion. So that was a good run. So hopefully this team can put it together and we can back it up again and restart the uh, the tradition for Minnesota of uh, locking down the Northern Division, and I'm sure Wisconsin will definitely have something to say about that for sure. So, yeah, I like uh, I like your guys' chances though. Yeah, it should be good. I mean, it's always nice to start off on your home water to to get things kicked off. But I mean, the guys in Wisconsin should catch them. They did well. Uh, there's some guys in their team that were up there. They'll be back again. So I expect some good competition from from mainly Wisconsin. But I mean, there's a lot of good hooks from a lot of states so yeah iowa i've actually talked to a couple of the guys from iowa that are coming back up that were up here when we were here last time and fished for iowa and they're pretty excited yeah i mean honestly if you're coming from anywhere except for wisconsin or michigan this is a huge fishing upgrade for you yeah. <laughs> so right like, like i mean you you fished a handful of divisional teams like there was nothing worse than going to indiana 
for Ohio in August and September and just complete grinders, like some of the worst, toughest fishing, which makes like, when you think you have a tough tournament here, it, it prepares you mentally and you're like, this, this isn't so bad. Like, yeah, no, we are, we are truly spoiled in this state. I mean, you start going anywhere else and you realize how, how lucky we are when it comes to just numbers of fish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I, I attribute like some of my success last year on Island to fishing those just absolute grinders in those other states all those years. And uh, that just didn't really phase me. Like I was totally way more mentally prepared than probably 95% of the guys fishing the state last year based on that. So, yeah, no, I, I really think in those, those grinders, I mean, people start just going through the motions and they check out mentally and that's where, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think that a lot of guys, you know, like yourself, it gives you a bigger advantage because you just, you stay focused the whole time. It's a five fish mentality and you're just, you know, trying to get five bites and convert on them. Yeah, absolutely. So Tad, what are you doing up in Vermilion? I'm up here practicing for the champions tour. It starts on Friday. Um, we got up here Sunday night, about nine o'clock. Um, so I put in a few days now and, uh, you know, just up here getting reacclimated with it. Um, I've never fished, uh, every fish counts tournament on this lake cause I missed one last year. Um, so it's a little bit different strategy that I'm having to deal with. Normally I'm up here just looking for, you know, if I could get 10, 10 decent bites in a day, I'm, I'm having a good day where in this format, that's just not going to cut it. I don't care how big they are. Unless it's just gruelingly tough. Yeah, um, which is not the case. Uh, how is the fishing? Like, well, how would you sum it up? Obviously, you don't want to give away the details of what you're gonna your game plan is, but how for people that are just interested in what's happening on Vermilion, like, what would you kind of sum up? Like, fish are deep, shallow, scattered. Man, they're kind of all over. You can pretty much catch them doing anything. And what I'm trying to figure out right now is what can I do to be most efficient. Um, I mean, cause you have the, the, you know, like the snag factor, you know, obviously you throw a drop shot out here and you're going to get hung up a lot and that just does nothing but cost you time. And, you know, yeah. it's a little bit easier if you're just looking for five good bites to, to put up and deal with that. But like out here, you know, I'm having a tough time with that. Um, you know, fishing deep, just, you know, trying to be efficient. So really trying to put a, put together a game plan of what's going to be most efficient you know on, on catching them converting them and keeping a bait in the water yeah so chad chad eddings says what up i think chad's going to be up there rumor yeah, has he's going to be doing some uh, multimedia work uh, yeah it'd be good to see chad so and this is a every fish counts one pound minimum for this format yep every fish counts one pound minimum um Large mouth, small mouth. Uh, the whole lake's going to be in play. So, you know, they'll tell us how they're going to split it the night before. Um, if they split it. The yeah, if they split, split it. it. Right. So that's when they'll tell us what what we have to work with. But right now they said the whole lake's in place. So, you know, right. it, it fishes pretty big. And like I said, you can catch them doing a lot of different things right now. It's just, it's hard, you know, duplicating it over and over again. Yeah. What is, what, is it 50 boats? Yeah, I think, and I think they're either at 49 or 50. I think they're really close to being full, if not full. Nice. 
and it's like two four-hour sessions, right? A.M. and a P.M. They do a little kind of check-in, lunch break. Yeah. yeah, they let us go at six forty-five, but lines lines don't go in until seven, so we get fifteen minutes to run. Fish from seven to eleven. Have to be back at check-in at eleven, and they give us an hour lunch break. And they let us go at noon, and we have to stop fishing at four, but we have to be back by four fifteen. Right. And you're fishing for 10 G's, is that right? Uh, if it's full, it's 12 grand for first. 12 grand. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's Friday, right? The tournament's Friday. Yeah, Friday. Yep. And I think they'll have some kind of coverage on classicbass.com if people want to follow along, right? Like that's their normal thing. Yeah. They'll have some kind of live leaderboard, they'll have some video check ins, that type of stuff. So, yeah, they'll do the. Uh, not quite like Bassmaster Live, but uh, <laughs> they do have yeah. some coverage of what's going on. Yeah, they have the uh, Livewell app that you can you can follow along with either on the app or you can go to the Classic Bass web website page and just follow along the actual leaderboard. And then yeah, they'll have they'll have a few boats out there doing live coverage, you know, streaming live. Um, and it you know it's always based on service too. Yeah, so like you can see that little app up there the real it's not out of focus but the real live well app yeah <laughs> you can follow along there uh batterman says he, he thinks that maybe you got the rona because you're wearing sleeves <laughs> it's uh i wasn't all day today but uh it's it's cooled down a little bit at night up here it's uh it's it's cooler at night and it's really only been getting in the you know 70s up here so it's definitely cooling down up here a little more than at home Nice. Yeah, Tom just joined in. Yeah, we're talking about the Classic Bass Champions Tour. It's a kind of an MLF-style tournament up here in Minnesota that has a circuit. Uh, so 50 boats, fishing for 12 grand. Every fish counts, one pound. So yeah, that's what we're talking about. And they're up on Lake Vermilion. So, and you've actually won one of these before. What was it, two years ago? You won one on Gull? Uh, three three years, years ago, the first year they did it. Um Last two years, I've been just fighting health issues. I've had knee surgery and back surgery back to back years. Um, but that first year, I won the one on Gull, and it was, uh, it's intense. I mean, it's almost more stressful when you're leading and watching them just catch you, you know, and you, you, you just, you, you get pretty stressed out because, you know, when you're not catching them and they are, and it's just like, it's just like a pack of wolves chasing you. So Absolutely. you have to adjust all the time really quickly. I've been on both ends of it. Like I definitely, I fished a couple tournaments first season and the second season. And I had like my first tournament was my very best one. And I was leading for part of the morning and right in the thick of things. And then I kind of just held on all day to finish like third. Um, so that was kind of fun. And then I've had some other ones where I just like did not make the right adjustments and fell behind early. And then just, and like, there is like, to me, there is like, it can be really exciting or it can be the worst. Like <laughs> at some point, you know what I mean? Like I haven't yeah. watched all of you, but I'm assuming you've fished enough of these now that you've had w at least one where you're like, well, mathematically, there's no way I can catch 50 pounds in the last hour. You know what I mean? Like, uh, where it's just like, well, that this is over. Like we're in a five fish tournament. It's almost never really over until like the last 10 minutes, because all you need is five bites. Yep. You could pull up a, a milfoil clump or a magic dock or a duckweed mat or a rock pile and it could happen, right? Like, but 
at a certain point, like it's like, well, they've caught 70 fish and I've caught 18. Um, there's no longer possible. <laughs> so yeah. it can go both ways. It can be the most exciting and like it can be the most uneventful at the same time. So it's it can go both ways. Yeah, I've been on both sides of it too, man. It's uh, you know, it's it's one of those deals where I actually wrote an article for Classic Bass about the differences between them and it. I mean, when you get behind, it's really hard to catch up. You know, I mean, it's like you just can't have any downtime. And you know, on a five fish limit, like you said, you can you can win it in the last twenty minutes. I mean, you can't do that in these. You you have to constantly be catching them. Yeah, unless I mean, there are some occasional tournaments like like last year, two years ago in Malax, it only took like thirty pounds to win, or like sometimes it's really off and you just you know doesn't take much. But then usually the whole field struggles. So. Um, yeah yeah i mean like if you fall behind in the first period you better come out of that second half like scorching but like if you don't start catching them by about an hour in you're like well this ain't happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, in a lake like this it's really hard to come back on i mean it's not like you know like on gull where you can pull up on a school and catch them every cast for an hour you know and make up some ground out here right now the way it's fishing it's it's i mean it's hard to catch more than a couple fish off a spot right for sure so what kind of i mean what will you guess what do you think uh the winner's gonna have after eight hours i would guess this year it'll probably be 60 70 pounds i think last year lightner won it with like 64 sure um you know it's just it this is uh this one, this lake is a little more challenging, I think, for just this format, just because it, it, you know, it doesn't fish like, you know, a lot of Minnesota lakes. You know, you can get healthy really quick if they come up schooling, but that's like such a random deal, you know, and they can, it can just happen anywhere. But, you know, they're gone as fast as they, you know, as fast as they show up. So, I mean, you yeah. can't really rely on that. Like, if you pull up on a spot in the morning and they're schooling, you can set yourself up pretty nice for the day for sure. So Yeah. You could put twenty pounds in the boat pretty quick, you know, but it's just it's such a random deal. I mean, you've been up here enough, it's just like, you know, it's magical when it happens, but you don't know how to time it or, you know, be there when they're doing it or what even causes it. Or you pull up on one hump and then your buddy pulls up on the next hump and they go school there and then you catch nothing. Yeah. And you can see them just <laughs> yeah. absolutely crushing them and you're just like twenty yards away going. I knew I should have went to that one. <laughs> yep. So uh, I know there was one question on Instagram. I wanted to know what do you what, how, tell us about your Vexus now? Because you run the twenty eighty Vexus, right? Yeah, yeah. I run the twenty eighty. It's an aluminum hull. Um, how, how long I is love the twenty eighty? Twenty feet four inches. So I've been running it. Uh, I got it in February of nineteen, and the very first place I ever took it was Toledo Bend. And I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's 180,000 acres, you know, just a huge lake. And, uh, I mean, I've loved it. I've got, I mean, especially fishing around here where, you know, we have speed limits, you know, it, my boat will go 65, you know, some of those other boats are quite a bit faster, but I mean, at getting up off, a, you know, on plane off of idle, I can pass six boats, you know, before they're on plane. So, you know, you go to a place like Tonka and, you know, I can 
at takeoff pass a bunch and then you hit the narrows and when you get on plane i can pass a bunch more there and everybody can only go so fast so i mean it it gets on planes so fast yeah and then so what do you got on the back of that i got a merc pro, pro XS 200 is it 250 on that 200 200 yep so 20 foot boat with a 200 you're still going mid 60s that's pretty yeah yeah, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. It's starting to get dark out, but yeah. Yeah, the thing's been all over Lake Vermilion. What's that? <laughs> we should have asked that question 20 minutes ago before it was pitch dark. <laughs> Logan wants to know, how does it handle in rough water? Really good. Um so the one thing that I've had is I've to this day I've yet to have a wave come over the bow, either when I'm on plane running or I'm up on the trolling motor. And all the weight is in the back, so it it keeps the nose up. You know, it bounces up right away. So, I mean, I've had it in some. I had it on Leech in the Champions Tour last year, and I mean, I kept up with everybody. Um, I had it on Toledo Bend and some pretty nasty stuff in the Bassmaster Open. Um, you know, I'm coming from a 520 and, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's not as heavy of a boat, but to me, right. all the advantages outweigh any disadvantages I've had. Have you got a chance to check out any of the glass fixes to compare them or not? I just, uh, so Peters has one, um, right. We've been hanging out with him last couple nights, um, and yeah, so really the first time seeing one on the water. I've seen him in the showroom, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but today was really the first day I've you know been able to see one on the water, and you know it's it's his front deck is huge. I mean, it's insane how big it is. So would you say that Peters is overcompensating, or? <laughs> I didn't say you did. Oh. <clears throat> uh, Chad asked, yeah, I got my, uh, so about two weeks ago, I got my my power head replaced on mine. So I finished break-in just before uh, Leech Lake. So, yeah, it worked pretty good. Uh, got me through Leech Lake back and forth from Walker to Boy Bay two days in a row. So, so far, so good. So, uh, so Batterman says, how does it run when you put when you don't put gas in it? Is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> yeah, I uh, on Sunday ran out of gas at the Prairie Lake tournament. I was just my head was one hundred percent in coming up here, and uh, this gets such good gas mileage. I didn't even like I don't really think about it because it's so rare. I have to put gas in it, and prior was kind of a grinder. So I uh, I was running all over the place, and yeah, ran out of gas coming into way in. Nice. But you made it? Yeah, made it. Uh, big shout out to Pete and Bremer. They stopped and towed me in. So three Pete and Bremer. Great. You know, running out of gas is good luck. Like uh, when I was fishing the regionals in Indiana, I ran out of gas twice on day two in the same day. Um, <laughs> and I made it to national. So uh, yeah, I think it's, you never want to put too much gas in your boat. No, yeah, yeah. Well, I like. Oh, so here's the the story behind that. Like, so 
so that was the last year that Milwaukee's old Milwaukee was sponsoring the Bass Nation. So they had a crew there playing games, handling out free beer. And like, so we were all just hanging out at this resort and it was like 20 minutes to the nearest gas station. And I just completely spaced, didn't think I needed gas. And I got out in the morning and I was like, eh, it's a little low, but I think I'll be okay. And I, a little bit older boat the gas gauge has always been a little wonky and i was like oh, as long as the needle's moving there's still usually plenty of gas in there and then we're like cruising around and i'm fishing with the michigan leader and i caught a couple of fish the first day so we're both kind of in it and all of a sudden we're moving from spot to spot and we've caught a few fish and i'm like boy the needle stopped moving i'm this is a little sketchy like i don't <laughs> know like, so i was like we better head over towards the gas dock and just put a little in and literally it was like under a bridge in a no wake area and I'm like idling up and I get like 20, like 15 yards away and I literally run out of gas and I run into the dock because I can't stop because it just. <laughs> and then, uh, so then I put like, I don't know, I put like $15 in or $20 in or something like that at Marina prices. <laughs> and then like we go fish and then literally coming in, rounding the bend about a quarter mile, Half a mile from la the landing, I'll say, again, I'll say, <laughs> so, and I've been messing with that guy all day. So I was like, uh, start bagging your fish. And he's like, ha ha, good one. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not messing around this time. Start bagging your fish up. Like, and I was like, we start bagging fish and I'm like waving the net and waving at people. As, Cause like, there's people going by. Somebody pulled over. We hopped in put a sign on a, a wrote a beef jerky like on the bag and put it in the windshield, you know, cause they want you to leave a note and then like, <laughs> uh, put the talons down. So if it drifted, it hopefully it would catch on something and got the fish weighed in and it's pretty crazy. That's funny. You might have to go inside where the light is. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to see you. I was just thinking that it got dark pretty quick. What's up, fishing today? Thanks for joining. Now, hey, all you hook setters that are watching, just to check out Tad and harass him, make sure you hit that like button, that thumbs up down there, so we can get a few more eyeballs on beautiful Tad tonight. So I know there's probably <laughs> like 20 just watching, not saying anything. So uh, help us out here. Now look at him. Smells glory. So, yeah, so you got Friday, you got the Champions Tour. And then you get a few days off, and then uh, I'll probably see you up at Whitefish for the Bass Nation COC. So, yeah, you've been we'll be out there. Fish at all? Did you go up and free practice? Have you been up there within the last year? Uh, we went up there. The hook setters went up there as a club last year. Um, actually, I drew my son Hunter for that one, and uh, yeah, we. I mean, I didn't pre-fish for it. We just showed. We drove up there that morning actually, and. Uh, I think I finished fourth or fifth. Um, you know, caught him pretty good. He had a pretty good bag too. Um, you know, just went to some old, you know, spots that I'd fished in the past. Um, but it, I mean, we had some good bags. It fished pretty good. Was that in August? Yeah. I feel like it's going to fish better in August than it traditionally would have when we would go up there Labor Day, September. Like, I feel like the bite's going to be a little more consistent. They're going to be a little more locked into their summer deal. Uh, so I think overall, I think it'll fish a little better than some of the August or the September POCs in the past. But that's just my thoughts. I think so, too. I think, you know, they'll be locked in on their summer patterns and, you know, 
it'll be a little bit more predictable. So, I don't know, I went up there for like two hours the last day before I cut off just to spend a little time idling and break the motor in. And I like checked a few things on the west side of the lake on the big whitefish. I was kind of felt like there was less grass than I remember in places. You know, that's any of that where you felt like the grass wasn't as good as it used to be or I tell you what, that's been a theme in a lot of places I've been this year. I mean, it seems like a lot of the lakes I've gone to it's just it's not growing and I don't know why. It's I, I mean prior it's not even close to what it normally is. I haven't really spent much time on Tonka, but I've heard a lot of guys tell me the same story out there. So, so it might just be a seasonal thing that like the, the demise of whitefish, you're saying? I don't know. It's uh it seems to be a common a common theme that I'm hearing from a lot of people on on lakes that it just doesn't seem to be growing like it has in the past. Which is weird because, I mean, we had a decent amount of snow, but I didn't feel like it was, like, crazy snow. And I saw it wasn't – it was normal, I felt like. It wasn't, like, super late. It wasn't super early. Like, I'm not sure why. I know. Super early. I don't know. Dad, you're supposed to know these things. You're supposed to have the answers. You're, like, the season better. Well, I wish I did. I just know that for some reason it doesn't seem like the – the grass is growing on a lot of lakes this year, and I don't know if it's, you know, the poisons they're using or, you know, I, I don't know. I know on – I was just on prior on Sunday, and, I mean, this year compared to last year, the year before, I mean, it's just – there's areas that are normally just loaded with coontail, and there's hardly any. So you got any uh, any nuggets? How are you going to attack whitefish? Or what do you think? Like, how do you think it's going to set up? Like, do you think the smallies are going to dominate? Do you think it's going to be more largemouth? Do you think uh, deep? I think it'll be largemouth. Um, you know, the smallies. I think you'll see, you know, a couple big bags of smallies, but I think it's hard to duplicate that up there. You know, in a multi-day tournament, mm-hmm. um, I think the largemouth will be more predictable, um, but. You know, there's a lot of guys that know that lake really well. So, you know, there there could be, you know, people that come in with two big bags of smallies. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm gonna go for largemouth. I'm gonna, you know, fish typical summer pattern stuff. Um, you know, try to catch them out deep. But you know, if I struggle with that, then you know, get up and do the shallow thing. All right, Tom, I'm going to try a different setting on my audio. Let me know if that's any better. <clears throat> so if it's not, we'll try the next setting. So just let me know. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Like in the past, I feel like when we were in September, 27, 28, like just under 30 pounds would typically take to win it. Do you think that's going to hold true in August? Do you think it's going to be a little higher? Um. It'll probably be it'll probably be about the same to win, but I'll bet you there's more competing bags up at that same level. Sure. So like a little more to make the high end weight will be similar. Yeah, that'd be my guess. That'd be my guess. So what do you got? 
after Whitefish, you got a couple more Champions Tour events, and what's the rest of your summer look like tournament-wise? Yeah, so yeah, literally so, from Whitefish, from um, Whitefish um, we'll go home. My we'll go niece, home, is, getting niece is getting married, so we'll be doing so that, and then I leave, for the, river I leave for the river on Sunday, on and then Sunday, I'll be down there for the Champions I'll, Tour. All right, and then so you have how many Champions Tour events? There's three, and then the championships. So then, the beginning of September will be up at uh, Pokagama, and that's on a Thursday. And then Thursday night, um, they're going to announce where the championship is. Little fish Friday morning for the guys that qualify. Well, and it'll right. be somewhere, so in, like Grand Rapids. somewhere in Grand Rapids. Nice. So you're supposed to go up there and then like just fish. Yeah. So we'll yeah. we'll fish so Pokagama. Pokagama. Thursday. Thursday. And then Thursday night they'll tell us whoever qualified where we're fishing Friday. So you get you said you do get a day of practice or you don't? Nope, no practice. I feel like that fits your style if you make it. Yeah, I actually like it. I I think uh, I'll like just going to a lake and especially, you know, something that probably none of us have ever fished. You know, there's not that many guys that'll make it so they can go to, a, you know, there's a, hundreds of lakes up there they could go to. So, I mean, you know, just show up and go fish. And I, I mean, I'm down for that. Yeah, I absolutely would be a lot more interested in this style of event if it was a really restricted practice or no practice like where they like you get one day no information yeah. day of practice or yeah or show up in this town and then we're gonna go fishing like like 50 boats you can fish just about anywhere and i mean there's a lot of places you can fish for 50 boats yeah. <clears throat> but like i've always struggled with the high entry fee and the unlimited practice and not much restrictions on information. Like it's, uh, you pretty much got to put a week in if you're gonna like hang in that that tour for sure. So, yeah, no, that's that's very true. I mean, I got up here Sunday night, but a lot of the guys were up here, you know, Thursday. Some of them came right. for the blackfish, but you know, they'd been up here right. since mid last week. Yeah, absolutely. So, speaking of the blackfish, Connor says, "What are your thoughts on the blackfish?" Neither one of us fished it um five fish 19 pounds to win it's a pretty solid bag for five fish not amazing but a pretty decent bag i think it took like 16 something to get a check and it was just kind of everybody was packed in that 15 to 16 pounds i think so did you hear anything yeah. about it or yeah it wasn't your typical you know july tonka you know flipping tournament it didn't seem like you know i mean yeah, that one one big bag, um, you know, and then, yeah, you know, a bunch of 15, 16-pound bags. I mean, that's kind of like the old days out there, um, you know, before people really started catching them. So I, I I think it just has a lot to do with the grass, you know. It's just not really growing like it was, and you sure. know, so it's really kind of throwing a curveball to some guys. And I think in general, observation was it wasn't dominated by – but Denny's guys are the guys that fish talk all the time. Like some of them did okay, but not like you'd expect. There was a lot of people that don't fish a lot of tournaments out there or are not, you know, fishing the regular circuits that did pretty well in that tournament. So 
Yeah, and I'm sure they went outside the box a little bit, you know. Kevin says, where's your custom cutoff jersey? <laughs> it's too cold up here. It's under the sweatshirt. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> hey, ask ask Kevin how uh, Kevin how to go last year. Did did someone beat you by one spot or something? Yeah. Who's who's all on the team for Prior Lake this year, Tad? <laughs> but I'd be uh, Jay, Wita, Rebar, and myself. So like Kevin's like the alternate or something in case one of you guys gets sick. Yes. Or? Yeah. Okay. If if Wida doesn't make it, if, or if Rebar doesn't make it home from the open, although now that opens canceled, so he'll be up there. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, we just lost one. I think Kevin left. Must uh... <laughs> numbers just went down. Well, so so what do you? I mean, the the events left on the Champions Tour. Which one are you looking forward the most? Probably the river. Um, you know, I like it up here. I like fishing it a lot. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of grew up fishing the river, you know, especially Pool 4 and Lake Pepin. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Hampton, so it was kind of some of the closest water we had. Um, so that time of year, it's going to fish pretty tough. But, you know, the difference is a one-pounder weighs rather than a 14-incher. And so, I mean, to me, that's kind of a game-changer because – there's so many of those 12 to 13 and three quarters that normally don't, don't matter. And in this tournament, they're going to be really important. Right. So favorite thing from Greg's meets. What's that? What's your favorite thing from Greg's meets? Isn't it Greg's? <laughs> yeah. Greg's just, just about everything. <laughs> well, yeah, used to, they're the deal. Hey, even when we lived up in Columbia Heights, we would get our venison processed. We'd get our sticks made at, at Greg's back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're awesome. <clears throat> so what's uh what's been the best for you this year, summertime fishing? Like what's what's been uh the deal? Like what have you been catching them on? What has been your your you know, kind of what, I've, what you been leaning on this summer? The one thing that I've never really done much of till this year is throw a Nico rig. And I've been uh I've been throwing that quite a bit and you know, it, I mean, I'm sure you'd catch them on a jig worm just as good or, you know, doing the same thing. But, uh, I've been, I've been throwing that quite a bit where in the past I just, you know, I would always throw a jig worm. So sure. Are you throwing that on a spinner pole or a bait caster? Actually I've been throwing it on both, but, um, probably more on a spinner rod, but I do have a beefed up one. I throw too. Sure. So I was thinking, like, when you said, what can I throw that would be efficient in the rocks at Vermilion, and that's what popped in my head. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't snag very much. <laughs> Smallies don't eat them, though, so it's not important. Right. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't believe there's not more hook cider questions. This is ridiculous. Oh. But yeah, the uh, you know Pokagama that'll be a fun one too because you know the we were up there last year. It was right after my back surgery, and we went up just to you know be there and hang out. And uh, I mean that one was pretty exciting. Lightner won it, you know, basically in the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, there was, you know, Figgy and Connor, and they were all just neck and neck, and then he caught that five-pounder literally in the closing minutes. And, I mean, there's just – there's so many things you can do on that lake too. So, I'm looking – I mean, I, I was bummed that Pryor got cut out because that would have been a – that would have been a good one. In this so it's just a three three regular season now this year. Yeah. Yep. So they changed it with COVID. Originally, the river was going to be in June, and prior was going to be in June. They moved the river um, to August, and they cut prior out. Right, and they cut. Then they cut out Wisconsin too. Yeah, they they switched that with uh, Pokagama. So. So really, all three venues are mixed bag, smallies and largies, like pretty legitimate, like not quite half and half fisheries, but like where you can legitimately contend with both on any three of those. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just excited. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, are from up north and, you know, are from, you know, I just – to get them down and I, I felt like the schedule was so diverse you know the river a metro lake you know a wisconsin lake and then yeah a northern minnesota lake yeah if i would have known like in the schedule it worked out this like three tournament schedule actually like sounds pretty cool but it's much different than what it was in the beginning right surprise in your live well on sunday <laughs> can we because it can we even talk about it or is it like, no that's too R-rated for this show? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's just say I was surprised when I opened my live well Sunday morning. Nice. And I didn't notice it until I put the third fish in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so AP Fishing says, what's the first time both you guys have fished for bass? Uh, for me, Rainy Lake, I guess, would be the furthest north side fished for bass. The furthest but north? In Minnesota border. What's that? The furthest north we fish for bass. Yeah. Um, yeah, I fished uh, Eagle Lake in Canada, um, but rainy. You know the Fort Francis tournament. I've done that one. So yeah, Vermilion. You feel like you're almost in Canada up here. Yeah. Let's see, uh, and Rebar says yes. I really wanted to hear from the hook setters. That's. Uh, Connor says, Rich, have you ever fished O'Dowd Lake and how did you do on it? Caught two the other day flipping wood and dragging rocks. Yeah. I'm sure you fished O'Dowd a fair amount. It's been probably a year since it's been out there, but it's a good lake, but it's been getting hammered lately. I think it's on a little bit of a down cycle. I mean, there's still big fish in it and still good fish, but I think it's feeling the pressure of being known as a pretty good little lake in the metro. Um, typically, there's a good milfoil flipping bite. Typically, there's a good Rock, the rock dragon bite. Uh, certain times of the year, there's pretty good frog bite out there uh, in some of the, the back bays. Um, it's got bigs in it. I mean, I've seen some monsters come out of that, like seven plus pounders for sure. Um, but I haven't been out there lately, and I've heard it's been a little bit of a grind. Uh, I don't know what it, have you been out there lately, or I haven't. I haven't been out there in two years. Um, I used to fish it a lot just because it was it was you know. A small lake, and I mean, God, you could go. You'd have a legitimate. You go out there in the fall, and you'd have a legitimate shot at catching a seven pounder. Um, you know, not many people knew about it, but once once it started getting out there, now it just it can't hold up to a whole bunch of fishing pressure just because you know it is small, and you know 
It's, so that's, it's not I, like you're fishing them real deep or anything. Yeah, I haven't been out there this year, but I would imagine with, I mean, most of the boat ramps have been pretty full, and I bet you that ramp is just full every day. Like, yeah, I would think so. I'm sure, I'm sure some of the hook setters have been out there, um, you know, but I, I haven't been out there in two years. Yeah, same. So I would say, give it, it it'll probably fish tough a little bit. People will leave it alone, and then a couple of years it'll it'll start popping off again. So it's good. Like, um, Logan asks, how has Pool Four and Five Mississippi been fishing? So I went and helped Bill fish one day out there. I did a video uh, that was that topwater smallie video. We did really well on barely keeper to not quite keeper smallies that, that moved. Uh, but there was a big surge of water back then, and it like did kind of ruin some grass, pushed a bunch of mud in places, and kind of jacked things up a little bit. You guys had your club tournament, what, like three weeks ago now? Yeah, uh, two, yeah, just over two weeks ago. And that was pretty tough. On Sunday. Like, you won with 12 pounds. Now you guys aren't like river rats, but yeah. uh, how much time did you put in practice for that, that pub tournament? I went down one day. I went down on Wednesday and uh, I really thought I would, I thought I'd be able to catch 15 pounds pretty easily of smallies. Um, and it's always tough on the river because the way I look at it down there is, you know, you look at you, I'm always looking at my ceiling and my floor, you know, what, can you catch, you know, max and what, what could you do? And, you know, with large mouths, you know, you can have a ceiling of, you know, 18, 19 pounds, but you can also blank, you know, um, and with the smallies, your ceilings, you know, 15, 16 pound bag of smallies is, is pretty darn good down there. Um, so I went with smallies. I felt like I could catch them and have, you know, a decent finish. Um, and I, you know, it was really perfect that day you know the current was strong but not crazy the water was pretty clear um and i was really kind of calling my shots which is how i like it down there and then i went down you know we got all that rain saturday night and uh got down there sunday morning and man it that some of the toughest summertime conditions on the river is when you got low water that's you know just it just had come up a little but it was super fast and it was dirty and so you just couldn't, you know, the fish in strike zone was so small and the current was moving so fast, you just couldn't keep a bait in front of them. So, I mean, I really struggled with what I was doing. Um, and, and and the current was ripping so much and it was a north wind about 20 miles an hour pushing with the current. So, I mean, it just, I mean, I was out of trolling motor juice by the end of the day. And I mean, it was just that that fast, dirty water is just tough on the river yeah which is better than a south point of one fighting the current <laughs> yeah that like ruins everything what were you fishing mostly like sand or main lake or main river rocks or do you have like some what kind of stuff are you targeting um a little bit of everything i uh i probably fished i probably fished 40 spots um, and it was literally, I just had a whole bunch of different stuff picked out, but most of it was current related. Um, and it, it could be anything from, you know, rocks, whether it be riprap or wing dams, closing dams, um, or, you know, even wood laydowns, um, you know, eelgrass, but it had to have, you know, sand drops. It had to have, it had to have current around it for what I was doing, but 
it just that that rain we got the night before just it made it just too fast and too dirty so i mean i probably caught three limits that day but it just wasn't anything like like when i was down there wednesday i i could pull up on a spot and literally have a pretty good idea when i was going to get a bite were you like dragon or reaction baits or yeah both um i was throwing a swim jig quite a bit and uh you know throwing a tube and i mean down there if you're fishing smallies that you know you don't really need a whole lot more um i went and looked for largemouths that day and i mean the water was just really low and uh you know i think what happens in those backwaters is when it when it gets low like that they just they pull out and uh i really thought someone was going to whack a big bag of largemouths that day because the water came up just you know overnight so i thought well someone's going to get back in the right area and whack them on a frog but uh it just it was just a tough day sure ap says favorite jig worm and thoughts on the max scent lunch worm which i'm not even, i don't know about it i have to look at it <clears throat> what, what's your favorite jig worm man i got uh quite a few i mean you know it's pretty tough to beat the old school you know red shad seven inch power worm um but i do throw a, a five inch senko a lot on the back of my jig worm and um you know i when i'm fishing like these champion tour events um a lot of times i'll throw the z-man you know the like the big trd only because it's so durable you know i once again it's about being efficient and you know not re-rigging all the time so if i'll I'll just glue up a couple of them ahead of time and, uh, you know, just have them ready. And I can, you know, I may have two or three and I can fish a whole period with those. Sure. That actually looks pretty interesting. Look at that thing. It's like a combination of a ringworm and an old power worm <clears throat> in max set. Huh. Might have to check that out. That could be a whitefish killer. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say, yeah, for me, a lot of times it's a stinger, just a stick worm. Like, that's probably my go-to jig worm. Um, I used to throw a lot of the power worms and some of that stuff, but I would say I probably, day in and day out, just kind of lean on that, that uh, stick worm. Um... Ba -ba -ba. You guys ever fish out by the Spicer area? Every once in a while, I fish green, a few other lakes. It's pretty good. There's a lot of great lakes out there. Uh, any any thoughts, Tad? Yeah, um, I've fished uh, green quite a bit. I fished uh, the Horseshoe Chain. Um, I just fished this year for the first time, Washington Stella. Um, now, when we fished it, it was literally blowing thirty. Um, but yeah. I went up there the Monday before and it was pretty windy that day too, but that day I would have had, you know, probably a 20 pound bag with a five and a half pounder, nice. um, Green, brown, mixed. you know, both. Yeah. I had the five and a half was a large mouth and then, um, but the, it seemed like the better average fish were, were smallies out there. So tournament, it was just, I threw a chatterbait and a, in a rattle trap all day because it was just so windy but i mean th there's a ton of potential out there those there's some really good lakes yeah there's so i mean between like the west side of minnetonka out 
to Wilmer and Litchfield and all and just so many good lakes. Like <clears throat> kind of jealous, not gonna lie. Um any tips for fishing a beginner? So like you 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 work with the high school teams. You you uh what what are some of your tips you give to to young anglers? Well, I mean the biggest thing is you know, the more you're out there just experimenting with stuff, um, you know, just just get out there and try it. I mean, you can you can watch videos, you can read articles, um, but the biggest thing is gaining confidence. And the only way you gain confidence is, is, you know, getting bites, doing something. And, I mean, that's something even people that do it all the time, I think, sometimes fight with. If you, if you don't have confidence in what you're doing, you just don't catch them, you know. Yeah, I would say, yeah, absolutely. Time on the water. Try to get in a club, a junior club, something that's going to get you on the water with new people. Like, it's great fishing with your dad. It's great fishing with your uncle. It's great fishing with your buddy. But try to fish with as many people as possible. Try to wiggle your way onto anybody's boat or go out with anybody you can, whether it's from shore or, or whatever. Um, keep it simple. Like, buy yourself a 50-pack of green pumpkin dingers, and you can Texas rig it. You can weightless. You can whack it. You can put it on a jig worm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need – don't get too caught up. Carolina rig. Yep. Carolina rig it. Like, you can do just about anything with a few basic baits. Uh and, and fish things to get bit, like dingers and baby brush hogs and Ned rigs and, like, uh, things that you just, you know, are going to get bit. Um, and subscribe to Hellabass's YouTube channel and watch all his videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, time on the water and uh, have fun. Uh, any tips for Gull Lake and Brainerd? Well, we, as we mentioned before, you won the Champions Tour three years ago on uh, Gull Lake and caught, I don't know, like 70, 80, 90 pounds of bass in a day or something crazy like that. What are, what are your Gull Lake tips? You know, Gull is a, Gull's a cool lake because um, you can do a lot of different stuff, you know, um, you know, you can fish the main lake. Um, you can go up to, you know, all the way up to Nisswa. Um, you know, especially in the summer, I'm always typically offshore looking for, you know, schools of bass where you can catch a whole bunch of numbers um you know jig worm drop shot um but it's also a lake you can get up shallow and you know you can flip reeds and flip foil and pads and docks and i mean it's one of those you know throw a frog you can do that stuff all year up there yeah they're all summer at least yeah i'd say a couple things like chase the wind and the reeds if you like fishing shallow down in like Below Squaw Point, right? Like Wilson and Steamboat. Wilson, you know, yep. Reeds, that's a pretty good bite. Spinnerbait and a worm, right? Like our jig. Uh, hop around there. But otherwise, get out on the weed edges and throw a jig worm, flip a Texas rig. Uh, you know, there's a lot of options. And when you find them on gull, you usually catch multiple bass. So, like, it's – and to me – Gull Lake water is reasonably clear and the grass grows up pretty tall. You can visually fish a lot of the weed lines there without needing fancy electronics. Wouldn't you agree? Like, especially yeah. in the Now, when you get up in Nisswa and stuff, some of that stuff gets a little harder to see because it's a little greener water and you may not be able to see it. But um, but down in the lower end, you can almost just, like, see the weed edge, back off a decent cast and just cast to the edge and and work that jig worm or whatever you want. So, and that can definitely build you some confidence on fishing deep for sure. 
Yeah, and like you said, when you find one there, you know, doing that, there's usually a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the PB Bass. What's your PB, Tad? So I've got uh, three of them that are basically just over seven pounds. And one of them was on Pryor. One was on a little lake um, in town. And then the other one was in Texas on Sam Rayburn. But they were all basically just over seven pounds. Sure. Yeah, my PB overall is like eight pounds, three ounces on Amistad. And my Minnesota PB is seven and a quarter. So, what's up, Rattletrap Fishing? Any other questions for Tad or I? We've been going almost an hour, not, uh, not quite. Uh, if you guys want, you can follow. I mean, best place to follow Tad is on Instagram at TadJohnson15, right? Anywhere else? Yep. That's where you post most of your stuff, right? Other than Facebook, but yeah, yep. So you're gonna be posting like stories and uh, and, and the excerpts from the the Champions Tour on Friday and keeping us in the loop, or? <laughs> well, I'll be able to once it's done, but during I don't I don't know if we can during. I think you can have a break. I think. Yeah, I'll have to check with them. So Landon says, is Niswa and Roy worth a try? It's, oh, uh, well, yeah, for sure. Um, Pretty that's, sure that's one of those two lakes is where you whacked a giant school of bass to start out the tournament. Yeah, that's where I basically got my big lead was people, uh, you know, I took a big risk by going all the way up there because by the time I got up there, you know, guys already had 15 pounds on the board, but I had a school where literally within the first hour I had, you know, 40 pounds. Yeah. So, no, they're, they're really good lakes. Um, it's just, you know, if you're in a tournament, you know, you got to take into factor the time it takes to get there. You know, yeah. if you're just fun going fun fishing. Definitely, uh, tournaments too, but it's a little more high risk, high reward going up there because if, if they're not there, it's hard to recover sometimes. And I think just fishing up there, when you find them, you really find them because they can wad up. But you don't just catch as many fish just fishing along, I don't think, up in those smaller lakes. Would you agree? Like, Yeah, for sure. Now in the main lake, you can just kind of go fishing and run into them. And it's a little more key areas, I think, in those small, the dirtier lakes. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I had that school I found, I caught one just about every cast for an hour and a half. It was, it was yeah. something like I've never seen. What local tournaments am I fishing? I don't know. I'm not in any right now. Uh, I got the, the state tournament and the regional tournament coming up. If I see something and I got a weekend, I might try to jump in some, but at this point I'm not in anything. Uh, my favorite lure rattle trap is a three eighths or half ounce bass tech tungsten jig and Oki craw for sure. Um, some of the hooksiders want to know what's your plan for Lura. <laughs> so, um, you know, have I've you never been there. Because I say you haven't fished it at all. What's that? So you haven't fished it at all. No, I haven't been there. We don't go there till October. That's the last tournament of the year for the hooksiders. Right now I happen to be leading the points. So it's, you know, it's a big one. And supposedly that place is a fish factory. You know, giant well, bags. You know, twenty-plus pound bags. Factory, I don't know that it's a numbers yeah. factory. Yeah, big ones. You know, twenty-pound bags, 
you know, flipping, throwing frog, doing all that stuff I like to do. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to go down there and check it out. I mean, you also see guys like with three fish for 12 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I see, you know, how he, his Southern bass tour, they go down there every year and just light them up or two fish for nine pounds or, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to go down there and check it out. It's a ways out. So, I mean, we're done with the club until literally October now. So just got to sit on that lead till October. (laughs) Right. Logan says, Rich, are you going to fish another tournament with Sobe? I'd like to. I tried to text him today to see what he was doing this weekend, but he big time me. So feel free to go on Instagram and tag him and ask him why he won't respond to my text. <laughs> How do you find local attorneys? Oh, there's a couple places. Uh, I'd say one good place is go on to Facebook and join Minnesota Bass Heads group. That's a good place to find tournaments. Uh, Omnia Fishing has some listings. There's another website that i had found i don't have it here over right here let me uh let's see here i found this one be patient i'll bring it up here in a moment Share. all right this basttl.com which is not showing up real great right now Come on, loading. Come on. I don't know. I was looking at this earlier, and they did have quite a few. It's for some reason hard to read right now, but they have a lot of tournaments. You have to take my word for it because it's really hard to read on this black and white screen. I don't know. So it's acting goofy right now, but BassTL.com has a bunch of Minnesota tournaments on it. There's a couple options for you guys. How do you find local tournaments, Tad? Yeah, I mean, you know, Bass Heads is a big, a big, you know, on Facebook, if you go to the Bass Heads, you know, Minnesota Bass Heads, it's a good, uh, it's a good page to follow. There's, you know, tons of updates on there, and then, um, yeah, just talking to buddies. Oh, show. That's how you get in those like little sneaky like Saturday jackpot tournaments is like, oh, I heard this or I saw a flyer. Right. Yeah, there's actually one up here on Sunday. What? A bunch of the guys. There's one up here on Sunday on Vermilion that a bunch of the guys from the oh. Champions Tour are going to all jump in, I guess. Nice. I thought you were saying there's one in the cities on Sunday. I was like, really? Yeah, so I got to get home. I'm going to have to. I'm only going to be home for a week, and then we're going to be gone for two more. So, yeah, I like I'm trying to lay low this weekend, but if I get a little local derb for a few hours, just kind of keep the, the the pump prime this weekend. That would be decent. They're doing. They're still doing the Thursday nighters on them prior. No one else fish prior. The place is garbage. <laughs> Man, they're catching them this year out there. Here's the thing. I haven't fished prior in probably 15 years. So the biggest I, problem now is the the surfing boats. They're out of control. So here's the thing is like I don't like jumping in in leagues on Tonka and Prior with people that have been fishing it every night for 10 years when I haven't been out there in 15. 
That yeah. might in a local lake that I haven't practiced, but I don't want to get on where it's like the same guys fishing the same event for you know every week. Like that's yeah. You ever fish round lake in Gulchain? Yeah, it's a good lake too. Uh, when the tournaments permit you to go there, I would say somebody usually finishes in the top five if not wins it out of round. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of tournaments they they, they cut it off limits, but yeah, it's uh I love fishing round. I mean, you know, a lot of people go in there thinking, you know, just smallies, but there's some really good largemouth in there too. Oh yeah, I've always caught mostly largemouth for sure. Um and some big walleyes fishing for largemouth too <laughs> on jig works. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's got, you know, there's some sneaky good reeds and rocks. There's some good offshore stuff. Um, yeah. The biggest thing is when you're idling in, you got to be careful. You don't suck up a bunch of sand in your motor. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh well, the new, the new Vexus should be sweet for getting in and out around. Right. I assume that thing gets yeah. pretty Oh yeah. yeah. Hydraulic on that too. What's that? You have a hydraulic jack plate too? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I would say the biggest excuses are probably for Thursday nights is my kids' stupid sports every week. So that's what keeps me out of most. I honestly wish if I would have known COVID was going to ruin everything all spring, I would have jumped in in a Tuesday night league. But by the time I realized my kids didn't have sports, then they were all full. So yeah, um, and I'm like my work travel and like my kids' stuff is just like weeknight stuff is just – Almost never happens. So, I've only fished. Uh, me and Lord, like, hardly even get to fish any of the Thursday nighters now. So busy. Yeah. Too busy cooking on your Traeger or what? <laughs> All right. Anything else you wanted to cover, Tad? With anything new? Anything exciting? Anything you're working on? Any? Uh... Anything cool? No, that's about it, man. Just uh, going to get to bed here shortly and get up and start again tomorrow and hopefully find some more bass. So you got a short day tomorrow, right? Like only uh, yeah. like 10 hours. Yeah, we're going to put in at the casino in the morning because that's where the uh, the meeting is. And up here, you have to get your boat inspected before the tournament. And they got to sign off on a paper for you. Um, so then that way I'll just pull the boat out, do all my rigging in the parking lot and the meetings at five fifteen. Then after that, we'll just eat at the casino and then come back here. So somebody wants to see the jigworm that I throw Chris Oberhofer. So my typical jigworm is a three sixteenth or eighth ounce bass tech tungsten head. It's kind of got a hybrid football head with a keeper on it with a pretty decent hook. You can see that real well. It's kind of got a hook that probably rivals the all-terrain bitey jig. Pretty solid hook, you know, much bigger than like a money jig. Um, I like 8th and 3 sixteenths. I don't really stray too much on either one of those. And uh, I like the tungsten for the feel. Sometimes I'll paint the heads chartreuse. <laughs> I've seen Tad with a chartreuse jig head on his jigworm before. Uh, Every once in a while. Once in a while. 
Um, but otherwise, I usually rig that on, I think I got one just laying in a box somewhere here. Did I cut off, maybe? No. Thought I did. Oh, yeah. But typically for me, it's going to have some kind of stick worm, some kind of straight tail. This is like a little mini pocket rocket, which is a little different. But something like that, I keep it pretty simple. Dinger, Senko, trick worm, something like that. Sometimes I used to throw a lot more like curly tails and stuff, but I don't do that a lot anymore. Any, anything any different for you, Tad, jig worms? No, um, pretty much the same. Every once in a while, I will throw, like even up here, um, I'll throw a hula grub on there. Um, but that's not I, a jig worm, it's a hula grub. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I when I can, I like throwing a Senko on there just because it falls, you know, you can launch them and they fall just straight down, they fall quick. But, uh, you know, there's just times that curly tail is tough to beat, you know, yeah. Landon said they fish Margaret. Yeah, Margaret is like feast or famine in my like yeah. you there and you catch well you might go in there and catch like one or two good ones or you'll crush them but it's a weird little lake and tournaments get one out of there but there's also a lot of guys that catch them in practice and they go in there and they vanish on them so I've probably the biggest probably the two biggest bass I've caught on that lake have come out of Margaret but once again it's yeah it's, it's if I'm gonna fish a five fish tournament I'm probably not even gonna practice in there. I'm just going to go in and hit a couple key areas in the tournament and right. hope to catch one. Like you're going to get your decent bag, and you're like, okay, I need a kicker. Yeah. I'll get make that swing through market and see if magic will happen. <laughs> right. Ellen Ross says, what's the next best finesse technique? Other than a jig, I don't know. Like, I mean, right now, it's, I mean, drop shot's good. Nico's good. Ned's good. Like, those are all hard to beat. Finesse, you know, split shots, split shot rig can be pretty overlooked. Yeah, that's a thing that I used to throw a ton. I used to mojo rig a ton, and I have not been doing it lately. Where I would usually just peg like an eighth or a three sixteenths ounce tungsten weight, like 18 inches in front of an EWG hook, light wire. Used to catch catch them on that. Uh, I just don't do it a lot. So, the squirrel tail, I used to have a few bags of the squirrel tail. Um, those weird colored ones, I feel like the, the, the perch and the bluegills would not leave them alone on our Minnesota lakes with that little weird tail, and I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, Chad wants to know, how's your son doing with his service commitment? Oh, he's doing awesome, man. Thanks for asking. He's uh, I was able to FaceTime with him yesterday. Me and Lori got to, to FaceTime with him up here, which was pretty cool because, um, you know, we haven't got to go to his – you know, graduation or when he got his infantry, um, you know, blue cord and, uh, you know, due to COVID. So, and normally he'd get to come home for a week after that. And, uh, he wasn't able to do that, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing really good. He's, uh, we're, we're awfully proud of him. Nice. Probably safer there than is at home. All the crazy stuff going around here. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been good. Yeah, we just over an hour. I feel like things are kind of chilling out. I think we covered a lot of ground. We'll let you get some sleep. You're going to probably get up, crack down early tomorrow. It gives light up there pretty early. So we'll yeah. let, uh, let you lock down like one or more two Budweiser's and uh, be ready for bed. And uh, I'll see you up at Whitefish, hopefully. 
not on my sounds spot. good yeah sounds <laughs> good buddy good talking to you and yeah if you guys want to follow along at uh classicbass.com or go to the livewell app you can follow along on friday you know it's real-time scoring so check it out thanks for having me rich good to see you yeah so if you're like if you want to take a slight break from the champlain elite series and watching seth probably crush him flipping a jig in mill yeah. you can check in on Pat and the boys uh as well so uh a couple of guys just good luck smoke them up there hope you have a good derby hope you use up all your mojo and then you don't have any left for whitefish so <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we'll see you in uh, two weeks. As always, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. If you missed the first part of this, you can go back and watch the replay. I'll also have an audio version, which I'll drop a link in tomorrow. Uh, so if you want to listen to the soothing tones of Tad Johnson in your earbuds while you exercise or walk your dog or drive to the next tournament, that'll be available. And uh, as you can follow me along at Hella Bass. And uh, as always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.